So, when do you think movie theaters will stop being a thing? How much How much more time do you think movie theaters Probably have? Probably within the next 10 years. You think so? Oh, yeah. You think that well, there's you'll just be... pay your You'll just pay your thing, and it will... I, I think that what will probably end up happening is they'll institute a thing that, that detects how many phones there are in the in the room when you're... Oh, really? So, it can't, so you can't just be like, oh, I'm paying for one ticket, <laughs> and then have 30 friends. <laughs> It'll be like it'll be like no, we detect six phones in the room, so yeah, each of those people has to pay. Yeah, I have a sneaking suspicion. What will happen is is that theaters will disappear as streaming prices go up. Yeah, and I, but this is the thing. I don't mind. Well, this is the thing though. How are they going to keep people from being able to sit there and record the screen? They won't. There's no way. There's no way that they can stop it. They, so have, they haven't been able to stop it yet. They'd have to be able to make the opening weekend the most successful part of it. Yeah, but I mean, eventually, I mean more. And more films are going directly to streaming in anyway. Mm. So, I mean, right now it's the stuff that, you know, that they can't make money at, which is dramas or little independent films or whatever. They're not getting wide releases. Mm-hmm. The only thing that seems to be drawing people into movie theaters are horror movies and superhero movies or action-adventure movies, however you want to put it. But, I mean, dramas and all that shit is, is going straight to streaming. Yeah. And then that's just like, oh, well, we'll be able to keep making these bigger and bigger movies. And I'm like, no, people are going to burn out. They're going to burn out. Yeah, well, you... And they're going to when people start saying, I have a 72-inch, I have an 83-inch high-definition TV in my house. Projectors are actually getting so much better now. Home projectors. Oh, Home projectors, are they? Yeah. No, they're they're good That's enough. Nice. They're good enough that there's actually a joke meme that, that someone was passing around that they were projecting a movie onto a water tower. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and people were just laying under the water tower and watching it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, a change is inevitable. I'm, I'm not saying, oh, darn, theaters are going to go away, and oh, won't that I, be awful? You know, I don't know if I mind. I mean... I don't mind. I honestly don't. I go see movies. I don't go to movies for the communal experience. I don't go to movies so that I can uh, spend five times as much. Oh my yeah, God. exactly. I think I took... I So I took, the, I took me, Little Miss, and James to see... Well, we took her to see Spider-Man. And yeah. uh, it was it was on the opening weekend day, and I, it was it was mo- it was pretty packed. Um, yeah, and we probably I mean I the tickets they they let her they let her go in under eleven even though she's twelve. Um, yeah, but with the tickets were like thirty five dollars total, and then right. and then we we ate there. That was another. Th- Thirty to forty dollars, and then right, exactly. you know, you know, you're up where we're up at this strip mall that's that's nearby where I live that that has a theater attached to it, but it's also yeah, ice cream and and coffee, oh, yeah. and you got to do window Nachos shopping, and pizzas, and, yeah, and, and all that shit. So we probably spent like a hundred and twenty dollars. I told one day. I told you about the Lux, right? The we have a Lux theater that's near us. Yeah, that where you mean Cinema Deluxe? It's the same. It's no, the same, it's this the same is just called Lux. L U X E. Just Lux. Right. Oh, all right. It has it has no ticket booth. Right. Yeah. It has someone standing at the front of the theater, looking like a concierge. The interior lobby has you know stone walls. Instead of a theater concession stand, it has an actual bar and a lounge with a fireplace and seats. Yeah, we have right? we have one of those. Yeah, that's exactly what you we have, have here. I wouldn't okay, be surprised cool. if it was the same company because there were only three or four of them. You know, fifteen years ago when this place was built. But it may it, be. We what it is is you you it. This 
this place is nestled into the side of a hill that that uh-huh. that you you have to drive up, and then the first the first left hand turn is into the parking lot for the for the theater, and there's a right. guitar center and a mattress a mattress giant and uh-huh. next to it. But you you go in into the theater, and the vest there's like an enormous vestibule. To the right, there's a small there's a small um, restaurant that serves alcohol as well as you can eat a whole dinner there, and you can buy your tickets at the table and make sure they'll make sure that your food comes through expedited if you're actually going to eat you're going to yeah. eat and then go to the movie um uh-huh. then there's uh there is there are ticket lines but there's also those little booths where you can just put your credit card in um, yeah and then I mean, uh, this one doesn't have that there's yeah. less and less employees ex- with the exception of the people who are going to clean the theater mm-hmm. um and it's i believe it's 14 there's 14 and yeah. two of them are those super duper awesome ones with the reclining seats and everything yeah this one has the the reclining seats the fully adjustable seats with a full tray when you want to order food a waitress or waiter comes to you while you're sitting in the movie theater to either take your drinks order which can be alcoholic or or regular oh, no we can't and, do that but we do have we and, do have waiters though and there were two menus standard theater fare and an actual fucking restaurant where you could order you know ginger based chicken breast with a vegetable side and you know just where you have a full meal right why don't we just go back and, to vaudeville <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's kind of what it, they got to put on the big production because they got to make the, the giant the, the amount of money that they you know yeah. recoup the expenses for the, the right. theater itself. But like you're, it's it's basically you're going out for the night, the night night, uh-huh. not not just the two hours of the movie, but the whole. No, night. you're going out. You're you're doing the whole thing. You're doing dinner and a movie in the same place and drinks after if you want. because yep. they don't kick you out. You can go directly to the bar. If uh, you want the to. the strip mall behind has a Gap. It has a Cold Stone Creamery. It has a nail salon. It has has a Japanese, a full five-star Japanese restaurant. It has a Red Robin. It has an uh-huh. Uno's. It has a Barnes & Noble. That's because, yes, Barnes & Noble still exists out here. Um, it has a uh, Panera Bread. It has a Longhorn Steakhouse. And then up farther up the hill, there's a Target, a Kids R Us, a, not a Kids R yeah, a uh, Babies R Us, uh-huh. a PetSmart, a Michael's Art, art Supply Shop, and uh, a Marshall's. It, it's, you just described every town in, in the United States. Yeah. It's it's depressing. But the whole, it's the whole, like, the whole thing is like, well, what's weird is it's the next town over from mine, and our, our town said, voted no. Like almost 20 oh, years okay. ago, they voted no on this place being built. No, I'm sorry, 30 years ago. So it was uh-huh. going to be built in the town, you know, two towns away. But then the town, then the town next to us, were like, "No, we'll take that shit. Fuck you." Yeah, and they bring your money over they here. They took it, and and then and then soon thereafter, my town was like, "Oh, we can't keep our quaint little New England town." So they mowed down this old this old dump, and they built <laughs> and they built another strip mall down there that has a Five Guys, a Starbucks, a, a yeah, I know. Um, what's called a Market 32, which is Price Chopper. I don't know if people, you know, not everybody has. We don't have either one of those. You have Five Guys though. We have Five Guys, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we and there's a bank, and they're they're starting to realize, oh my goodness, we should have followed suit and built a theater down here because all of the traffic is going just through our town to get to the to get to the next town over. I kind of like that. I want to go to a town that has nothing. Well, our town. I looked up our town still has nothing. I looked up the town where my father was born, Webster, South Dakota, right? And I was just looking at it on Google Maps. Yeah. And I was going through downtown and I didn't see a single chain store. I didn't see a single, you know, nothing. No no chain store at all. It's a, it's a tiny little town in the middle of nowhere. So just out of curiosity, I typed in from the center of town to the nearest McDonald's. You know where it is? 50 miles. 
52 miles fucking away. Oh, wow. And there was, I should get ice I found, <laughs> uh-huh, I found comfort in that. It was like, geez, I wonder if you'd just lose weight if you lived in a town say, where you though, could just buy groceries and not buy any fast food. There's There are towns like that out in Western Mass before you hit New York State. Um, but the thing is, you you still you still are pretty much like, well, in New England terms, you're still a stone's throw away from a McDonald's. There's at least one. You know, there's like, yeah. like Haber, Habersham. I'm, I'm sorry, Peter Sham and um, like Abrahammer like, and Florden Bloggin out out by the <laughs> the areas out by the Quabbin Reservoir. Like there, uh-huh. there's 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 definitely, but a ding 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 ding. Like, <laughs> but then as soon as you go you go ten fifteen miles, you've hit a gas station or something where there's like you know they they have hot dogs on rollers and right right. But uh, yeah, if you if you drive out if you drive out say Route Nine all the way yeah. out to New York State, you're driving through mountains. So you're driving through parts oh, part yeah. of the Appalachians, and there and it's nothing but rock faces cut down so that you can drive through them. Oh no, we have lots of that shit here. And if you look off Our... to your right, sometimes there's just a little nestled town center that like that's like this is this is where Cthulhu was dreamed up. Like that, <laughs> there's just a steeple. There's just you're it's creepily driving down the road for like a hundred miles, and all of a sudden you look over. There's just a yeah. church steeple and a bunch of covered wagons, like, like and a it. guy with a pitchfork and overall staring at you as you drive by no it's from the highway you don't you don't want to go into the town (laughs) no hell no (laughs) you want to do a show yeah yeah why not okay good and three two one Hello, everybody, and welcome to Let Me Finish Two Men, One Story, One Million Interruptions. I am Jason Harding. And I am Atticus Blake. And on this show, one of us tells a story, and the other one tries to interrupt him. And we're continuing our journey into evil as we read Bram Stoker's Dracula. And that, just because we're reading Dracula, doesn't mean we're not accepting stories from you guys. If you guys have a story you want to submit, please go to the Let Me Listen podcast website, go to the contact page, and leave it for us there, or let me know how you want to get it to me. Last time on Dracula. Previously, there was a guy named Jonathan, Jonathan Harker saw a bunch of weird people out in the middle of some get out of the fuck of here stand. But a ding 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 ding. And they tried to warn him, like short of just like tying him to his bed. Don't go to the Borgo they were Pass. They warning him off and giving him crosses <laughs> and shit. Did you say the Morgul Pass? It's called the Borgo Pass. No, all right, but the Morgul Pass is actually a place in Middle That's Earth. That's a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Is it the one where you go around the mountain to get into uh, the? I can't. I don't. I can't remember what they call it. I don't, it might I, be the Morgul Pass. I'm sorry, I don't have my Middle Earth map right in front of me. <laughs> there's a secret. There's a secret stair that goes up and around. Yes. It's very, they're very treacherous. We're not reading that book. We're. <laughs> Dracula. We should. That, that'll be next. We'll read all three of those. Anyway, he didn't listen, and things got shittier and shittier the closer he got to the Borgo Pass. And then he got into a carriage with Creepy Dude. <laughs> hey, it's time to get going. <laughs> <laughs> Go. Your blood's not getting any thinner. Your blood's not getting any thinner. <laughs> So here we go. I, uh, all right. So are you? I need to make sure you're on the right. You're on the same page. Not I the might. right page. Right. Suddenly, that's it starts with suddenly. Well, sorry. Suddenly, I, yeah. what? I'm reading. Please. <laughs> I'm reading. 
Hold on, wait, wait. Wait, now I must summon the muse once again. I need to make sure I'm on the right page. I'm not on the same page as you for some reason. Okay, um, we left off with, but I could not see anything through the darkness. Um, the night is chill, mine hair and my master count bade me take all care of you. Here's a flask of Silovitz, the plum brandy of our country. Made a complete turn, by and by. Then a dog began to howl at the first howl. I petted and soothed them. Soon we turned to the hemmed in trees. No, I think you're ahead. No. I'm not. I just listened to this like the earlier today. We read soon. We I read the part okay. where soon we were hemmed in with suddenly, trees. Set the, suddenly away, suddenly on away our at our left is where we, yeah. Oh, okay. Squish, 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 squish. <laughs> suddenly, away to our left, I saw a faint flickering blue flame. The driver saw it at the same moment. He had once checked the horses <laughs> to see if they emanated it. He once checked the horses. They fought blue and, flames. <laughs> Excuse me. And jumping to the ground, disappeared into the darkness. I did not you ever know what the to horse do. Shit? Yeah, watch out for the horse shit. It's quite amazing. <laughs> the less as the howling of the wolves grew closer, but while I wondered... While I wondered, the driver suddenly appeared again, and without a word took his seat, and we resumed our journey. I think I must have fallen asleep and kept dreaming of the incident, for it seemed to be repeated endlessly, and now, looking back, it is like some sort of awful nightmare. How scary. Oh, how terrible. You, you dreamt of blue flames howling. Whoa, I would never go to sleep again. <laughs> there are worse horrors well, now. <laughs> <laughs> Once the flame appeared so near to the road that even in the darkness the blue flame arose, it must have been very faint, for it did not seem to illuminate the place around it at all. Can you imagine this directed by Michael Bay? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was just thinking. It would would be be this tower of blue flame. (laughs) (laughs) The guy's like, what? That's not, it's only supposed to be like little wolf. (laughs) And gathering a few stones, horned them into some device. Once there appeared a strange optical effect when he stood between me and the flame. He did not obstruct it, for I could see its ghostly flicker all the same. This startled me, but as the effect was only momentary, I took it that my eyes deceived me, straining through the darkness. Then for a time, there were no blue flames, and we sped onwards (laughs) through the gloom. For a time, that shit stopped. It was just, you know. The acid finally wore off. With the howling of the wolves around us as though they were following in a moving circle. Alas, there came a time when the driver went further afield than he had yet gone, and during his absence the horses began to tremble worse than ever and to snort and scream with fright. I could not see any cause for it now, for the howling of the wolves had ceased altogether. But just then the moon... Sailing through the black clouds, appeared behind the jagged crest of a beetling pine. Hey, I'm rock. the moon. <laughs> I'm gonna shine. How you on doing? You. You're gonna die. <laughs> I'm full tonight. Whatever the hell that means, but for some and- reason, <laughs> it makes scary shit come out. And by its light, I saw around us a ring of wolves with white teeth and lolling red tongues with long, sinewy limbs and shaggy hair. They were a hundred times more terrible in the grim silence which held them than even when they howled. For myself, a f- I felt a sort of paralysis of fear. It is only when a man feels himself face to face with such horrors that he can understand their true impact. You know what? I kind of like that the introduction is all this creepy shit, but then the thing that he's actually afraid of is something that you really should legitimately be afraid of. Yeah, Fucking exactly. wolves. It's like, no, no, no. I don't care about all of the... Game. Don't, yeah. I don't want you across this town. F- fuck you. And, uh, <laughs> I'm more worried about... the. Can I have a gun? Are there guns? <laughs> can I have... Uh, all right, how about a sword? An can axe. I have all the guns, please? I want an axe. <laughs> 
I want an axe and all of your guns. <laughs> all of them. Yes, because you know who this is played by, right? I know. John I Wick. Know. He went, <laughs> John Wick's out. He can't kill a wolf. It's too much like a dog. Oh, that's true. He'd be like, excuse me, hold on a sec. What's no, up there, yeah, Wolfie? And the wolf's like, Arr! and all of a sudden he's like, come <laughs> on. And the dog's like, all right. All at once, <laughs> the wolves began to howl as though the moonlight had some peculiar effect on them. The horses jumped about and reared. Like this. The horses jumped out and near. And I Stop looked it. helplessly around. And My eyes have rolled in a painful way looked, to see. We'd be here forever. <laughs> looked helplessly round with eyes that rolled in a way painful to see. But the living ring of terror encompassed them on every side, and they had perforce to remain within it. I called to the coachman to come. <laughs> For it seemed to me that our only chance was to try to break out through the ring and to aid his approach. I shouted and beat the side of the uh, calachet, hoping by the noise to scare off the wolves from that side. Yeah, that's gonna work from that Fuck side. Fuck off, dog! <laughs> so as to give him a chance of reaching the trap. How he came there, I know not, but I heard his voice raised in a tone of imperious command, and then, and, looking towards the sound, saw him stand in the roadway. As he swept his long arms as though brushing aside some implacable obstacle, the wolves fell back, and back further still. Just then, a heavy cloud passed across the face of the moon, so that it were again in darkness. And I thought, shit, that guy's like some kind of wolf whisperer or something. Exactly. When I could see again, the driver was climbing into the calachet and the wolves had disappeared. Guns. This was also strange and uncanny. <laughs> uncanny <laughs> that a dreadful fear came upon me and was afraid to speak or move. The time seemed interminable as we swept in our way, now in almost complete darkness, for the rolling clouds obscured the moon. We kept on ascending, with occasional periods of quick descent, but in the main, but in the main, always ascending. Suddenly, I became conscious of the fact that the driver was in the act of pulling up the horses in the courtyard of a vast ruined cast castle, from whose tall black windows came no ray of light, and whose broken battlements showed a jagged line against the moonlit sky. Chapter 2! Jonathan Harker's <laughs> journal continued. 5. May. I've peed myself. No. 5. May. I've been drinking my pee. <laughs> I must, Five, I must have been asleep. I bathed in pee. <laughs> I must have been asleep, for certainly if I had been fully awake, I must have noticed the approach of such a remarkable place. In the gloom, the courtyard looked of considerable size, and as several dark ways led from it under great round arches, it appeared, it perhaps seemed bigger than it really is. I have not yet been able to see it in the daylight. Daylight the doesn't Calachet come here, motherfucker! Nope. <laughs> when the calachet stopped, the driver jumped down and held out his hand to assist me to alight. Again, I could not but notice his prodigious strength. Here am I, lifting had... shit that's way too heavy for yeah. No normal human to lift. <laughs> His hand actually seemed like a steel vice that could have crushed mine if he had chosen. Can I have a hand? Then, then he took out my traps and placed them on the ground beside me as I stood close to a great door, old and studded with large iron nails, and sat in a projecting doorway of massive stone. I could see even in the dim light that the stone was massively carved, but that the carving had was been it a baz relief time and weather. <laughs> I never want to hear those words again. As I stood. The driver jumped again into his seat and shook the reins. The horses started forward, and trap and all disappeared down one of the dark openings. I stood in the silence where I was, for I did not know what to do. Of bell or knocker, there was no there was no sign. Excuse me, Through these... Dracula. Hello, Dracula. I'm fucking shivering, man. My blood is getting cold. <laughs> Through these frowning walls and dark window openings, it was not likely that my voice could be pe could penetrate. The time I waited seemed endless, and I felt doubts of fear crowding upon me. What sort of place had I come to, and among what kind of people? What, the what kind sort of with grim... slimy Vaseline <laughs> through a lined throat. Hello! 
Hi, I don't mind. I don't mind the chair. What? What sort of place? <laughs> no, wait, what did you say? I don't mind. Isn't the... she in some sort of steam-powered wheelchair? No, no, she is. She's no, she's just everything about her is steampunk. It's sprockets. Okay. Her her skin is trans is is, is translucent. Uh, <laughs> you can see her like blood beating. Cave me. fish. <laughs> if you were to hit me, I would probably explode into a mess of blood. It's, and... it's dark here because you can see my heart beating through my skin. Come and fuck me, John Harker. Fuck me. Ah, sure. What sort of grim adventure was it on which I had embarked? Was this a customary Your incident in the life of a solicitor's clerk sent out to explain the purchase of a London estate to a foreigner? Solicitor's clerk. Mina would not like that. Solicitor. For just before leaving London, I got word that my examination was successful, and I am now a full-blown solicitor. I began to rub my eyes and pinch myself to see if I'm I were I'm selling awake. Electrolux vacuums. It was all... It all seemed like a horrible give you a great suck-off. And I <laughs> expected that I should suddenly awake and find myself at home, with a dawn struggling through the windows, as I had now and again felt in the morning after a day of overwork. But my flesh answered the pinching test, and my eyes were not to be deceived. I was indeed awake, and among the Carpathians. Paprika all sends! I do, all I could do now was to be, pa- to be patient and to wait the coming of the morning. Just as I had come to this conclusion, I heard a heavy step approaching behind the great door, and saw through the chinks the gleam of coming light. Then there was the sound of rattling chains and the clanking of massive bolts drawn back. A key was turned within the loud grating noises of long disuse and the great door swung back. Hodor! Hodor! (laughs) Within stood a tall old man, clean-shaven save for a long white mustache and clad in black from head to foot, without a single speck of color about him anywhere. He held in his hand an antique silver lamp in which the flame burned without chimney or globe of any kind, throwing long, quivering shadows as it flickered in the draught of the open door. The old man motioned me in with his right hand, with a courtly gesture, saying in an excellent English, but with a strange intonation, Welcome to my house. Enter freely of your own free will. He made no motion of stepping to meet me, but stood like a statue as though as though his gesture of welcome had fixed him into stone. The instant, however, that I had stepped over the threshold, he moved impulsively forward, and holding out his hand, grasped mine with a strength which made, which made me wince, an effect which was not lessened by the fact it seemed as cold as ice, more like the hand of a, of a dead than, of, than a living man. Again, he said, Welcome to my house. Enter freely. No. <laughs> no! Welcome to my house. Enter freely, go safely, and leave something of the happiness you bring. The strength of the handshake was so much akin to that which I had noticed in the driver whose face I had not seen, that for a moment I doubted if it were not the same person to whom I was speaking. So to make sure, I said interrogate, interrogatively, Count Dracula? That's me, Count Dracula. <laughs> no, I'm doing deal? the voices. No, I'm the... Yes. Vo- oh, fine. No, I'm doing the... Count Dracula? He bowed in a courtly way as he replied, I am Dracula, and I bid you welcome, Mr. Harker, to my house. Come in. The night air is chill, and you must need to eat and rest. As he was speaking, he put the lamp on a bracket on the wall, and stepping out, took my luggage. He had carried it in before I could forestall him. I protested, but he insisted, Nay, sir, you are my guest. It is late, and my people are not available. Let me see to your comfort myself. He insisted on carrying my traps along. Along the passage, and then up a great.
great winding stair and along another great passage, on whose stone floor our steps rang heavily. At the end of this he threw open a heavy door. I rejoiced to see within a well-lit room in which a table was spread for supper, and on whose mighty hearth a great fire of logs, freshly replenished, flamed and flared. The Count halted, putting down my bags, closed the door, and crossing the room opened another door, which led into a small octagonal room lit by a single lamp. and seemed without a window of any sort. Passing through this, he opened another door and motioned me to enter. It was a welcome sight, for here was a great bedroom, well lighted and warmed with another log fire. Also added to, but... Neo versus Dracula. Fight! For the top logs were fresh, which sent a hollow roar up the wide chimney. The Count himself left my luggage inside and withdrew, saying before he closed the door, You will need, after your journey, to refresh yourself by making your toilet. (laughs) That's what it says. There are the parts. Get to work. I I trust (laughs) you will find all you wish. When you are ready, come into the other room, where you will find your supper prepared. The light and warmth of the Count's courteous welcome seemed to have dissipated all my doubts and fears. Having then reached my normal state, I discovered that I was half famished with hunger, so making a hasty toilet... (laughs) 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 He just, like, he, like, jumped up in the air and went... (laughs) And then just before he landed again... (laughs) He he airbrushed the walls and he came out with such force... And, I went to the other room. A torrent of diarrhea came out with such force that it splattered the walls with brown. It's a happy tree. Leave it alone. Huge, long, intestine-like ropes of... of <laughs> Gouty brown. Of, of effluence shot from my butthole. <laughs> the intestines painted the walls with blood as well. <laughs> uh, I found supper already laid out. My host, who stood on the side of the great fireplace, leaning against the stonework, made a graceful wave of his hand to the table and said, I pray you, be seated and sup, and how will you please? You, I will, you will, I trust, excuse me, that I do not join you, but I have dined already, and I do not sup. I handed to him the sealed letter which Mr. Hawkins had entrusted to me. He opened it and read it gravely. Then, with a charming smile, he handed it to me to read. One passage of it, at least, gave me a thrill of pleasure. I must regret that an attack of... Oh, wait, is it John Harker reading? This is the guy, this yeah. John... I must regret that an attack of gout from which I malady... No, this is, this is his boss, Mr. Hawkins. Oh, I must regret fit from an attack of gout from which malady I am a constant sufferer forbids me absolutely any traveling on my part for some time to come. But I am happy. Say I can send sufficient substitute, one in whom I have every possible confidence. He is a young man full of energy and talent in his own way, and a very faithful disposition. He is discreet and silent. He has grown into manhood in my service. (coughs) Yummy, yummy. (laughs) He shall be ready to attend on you. Uh, You will during his stay, and shall take your instructions in all matters. Please, take this lubricant and stroke my cock. (laughs) Please, can you check this? I don't know. Does it need lancing? I can't see it. (laughs) Check... Check the oil. <laughs> the, the Count himself came forward and took off the cover of the dish, and I fell to at once on an excellent roast chicken. This, with some cheese and a salad and a bottle of old Tokay, of which I had two glasses, was my supper. During the time I was eating it, the Count asked me many questions as to my journey, and I told him by degrees all I had experienced. By this time I had finished my supper, and by my host's 
I had drawn up a chair by the fire and began to smoke a cigar, which he offered me, at the same time excusing himself that he did not smoke. I had, I had now an opportunity of observing him, and found him of a very marked physiognomy. His face was a strong, a very strong aquiline, with a high bridge of a thin nose and peculiarly arched nostrils, with lofty domed forehead and hair growing scantily around the temples, but profusely everywhere else. His eyebrows were massive, almost meeting over the over the. He nose. had eyebrows with, like Thufa Highwit, <laughs> uh, and with bushy hair that seemed to curl in its own profusion. The mouth, so far as I could Those see, those sounds the could be mouth. imitated. He died the other day. Uh, huh? He died the other day. He died like last week or so. Poor old Thufa Highwit. Bye bye. We hardly knew ye as any other thing in any other film. You know whose dad he is, right? No, he's Toby Jones's dad. Toby who? Toby Jones, the actor. Mm. Okay, never mind. You're like anyway, die. And every day you break my heart a little. His eyebrows were very massive, almost meeting over the nose, with bushy hair that seemed to curl in its own profusion. The mouth, so far as I could see it under the heavy mustache, was fixed and rather cruel-looking, with peculiarly sharp white teeth. These protruded over the lips, whose remarkable ruddiness showed a astonishing vitality in a man of his years. For the rest, his ears were pale, and at the tops extremely pointed. The chin was broad and strong, and the cheeks firm though thin. The general effect was one of extraordinary pallor. Hitherto I had noticed the backs of his hands as they lay on his knees in the firelight, and they seemed rather white and fine, but seeing them now close to me, I could not help but notice that they were rather coarse, broad, with squat fingers. Strange to say, there were hairs in the center of his palm. <laughs> you the know how you were, get that? Yeah. I know how you get that. (laughs) (laughs) The nails were long and fine and cut to a sharp point. As the Count leaned over me and his hands touched me, I could not repress a shudder. It may have been that his breath was rank, but a horrible feeling of nausea came over me, which, do what I would, I could not... Count, your breath smells like shit, dude. (laughs) could not conceal. The Count, evidently noticing it, drew back, and with a grim sort of smile, which showed more than, than he had yet of his protuberant teeth, sat himself down again on his own side of the fireplace. We were both silent. I will put my stink over here. (laughs) And as I looked towards the window, I saw the first dim streak of the coming dawn. There seemed to be a strange stillness over everything. But as I listened, I heard as if from down below in the valley, the howling of many wolves. The Count's eyes gleamed, and he said, Listen to them, the children of the night. What music they make. Seeing, I suppose, some expression in my face strange to him, he added, Ah, sir, you dwellers in the city. (laughs) I lost the, I keep losing the accent. That's right. The dwellers in the city uh, cannot enter. Into, I just, I just want to do Manny. God damn it! No, <laughs> I want to come out. God damn it! <laughs> you guys are fucking assholes. But I want a soda and an ice cream. <laughs> we'll never finish this. He will just go off on his own fucking tangent. Ah, sir, you dwellers in the city cannot enter the, into the feelings of the hunter. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> Then he rose and said, But you must be tired. Your bedroom is all ready, and tomorrow you shall sleep as late as you will. I have to be away till the afternoon, so sleep well and dream well. With a courteous bow, I shot him in the face. End of book. The <laughs> end. No. With a courteous bow, he opened for me himself the door to the octagonal room, and I entered my bedroom. I am all in a sea of wonders. I doubt, I fear. I think strange things which I dare not confess to my own soul. God keep me, if only for the sake of those dear to me. 7 May. It is again early morning, but I have rested and enjoyed the last 24 hours. I slept till na- late in the day 
away and awoke of my own accord. When I had dressed myself, I went into the room where we had supped and found a cold breakfast laid out, with coffee kept hot by the pot, by the pot being placed on the hearth. There was a card on the table on which was written, I have to be absent for a while. Do not wait for me. B. I set to and enjoyed a hearty meal. When I had done, I looked for a bell, so that I might let the servants know I had finished, but I could not find one. There are certainly odd deficiencies in the house, considering the extraordinary evidences of wealth which are around me. The table service is of gold, and so beautifully wrought, that it must be of immense value. The curtains and upholstery of the chairs and the sofas and the hangings of my bed are of the costliest and most beautiful fabrics, and must have been of fabulous value when they were made, for they are centuries old, though in excellent order. I saw something like them in Hampton Court, but there there they were worn and frayed and moth-eaten. But still, in none of the rooms is there a mirror. There is not even a toilet glass. I don't, looking, I don't like looking glass. at myself. On my table. And I had to get a little shaving glass from my bag before I could either shave or brush my hair. I have not yet seen a servant anywhere, or heard a sound near the castle except the howling of wolves. Sometime after I had finished my meal, I do not know whether to call it breakfast or dinner, for it was between five and six o'clock clock when I, when I had had it. I looked about for something to read, for I did not like to go about the castle until I had asked the Count's permission. There was absolutely nothing in the room, book, newspaper, or even writing materials. So I opened another door in, in the room and found a sort of library, the door opposite mine. This is called tried, the Kama Sutra. <laughs> in the library, I found to my great delight a vast number of English books whose shelves full of them and bound volumes of magazines and newspapers. A table in the center was littered with English magazines and newspapers papers, though none of them were of very recent date. The books were of the most varied kind, history, geography, politics, political economy, botany, geology, law, all relating to England and English life and customs and manners. I am getting ready to go to London. There were even such books of reference as the London Directory, the Red and Blue Books, Whitaker's Almanac, the Army and Navy Lists, and a great deal of pornography, stacks and stacks of it, as high as the eye could see. Oh, I'm sorry, let me hide those. Oh, God, Jesus Christ, I don't want you to see the type of pornography I like to read. It somehow gladdened my heart to see it. Ah, Skate Magazine. While Barely legal teens. The... <laughs> uh, no, no, the, come on, think of the time period. If they would be something like, Dear Me, Bloomers. <laughs> no, the Manny would go right for the top shelf. <laughs> Open up your thighs and let me see that hairy vagina. I'm going to stop reading if I have to hear Manny DeRusso's voice much longer. (laughs) (laughs) Whilst I was looking at the books, the door opened and the Count entered. He saluted me in a hearty way, and I hoped that I had a good night's rest. Then he went on. I am glad you have found your way here, for I am sure there is much that will interest you. These companions... And he laid his hand on some of the books. Have been good friends to me. For some years past, ever since I had the idea of going to love in London, have given me many, many hours of pleasure. <laughs> you know what's stop. going on, dude. Stop saying stop it. Look at this one. You can almost see all of her ankles. <laughs> My God. <laughs> ah, I see the top of a nipple. <laughs> <laughs> Through them I have come to know your great England. And to know his, her, is to love her. I have, and to love her is to know her. <laughs> and to know her is to love her. And to love her is and to, to eat have, her pussy. <laughs> yes, that's right, which I guess is London or the Thames. Maybe it's the Thames. I long to go through the crowded streets of your mighty London, to be in the midst of the whirl and rust of humanity, to share its life and its change, its death, all that makes it what it is. But alas, yet I only know your tongue through books. 
To you, my friend, I look that I know it to speak. But Count, I said, you know and speak English thoroughly. He bowed gravely. Thank you, my friend, you for your all too flattering estimate. But yet I fear that I am a little, I am but a little way down the road I would travel. True, I know the grammar and the words, but yet I know not how to speak them. Indeed, I said, you speak excellently. Millie, 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 wee. Stop it. <laughs> not so, he answered. Well, I know that. Uh, did I move and speak in your London? None there are who would not know me from a stranger. That is not enough for me. Here I am noble. I am a boyar. What's a boyar? I don't Hold know. Hold on a second. I have smart lookup. No, you don't. I click it. I double click it. A boyar. The common people know me. A boyar. A, a noun. A member of the old aristocracy of Russia. Next in okay. rank to a prince. Okay. Great. The common people know me, and I am ma- I am master. <laughs> master. But a stranger in a strange land. He is no one. Men know him not, and know not, uh, and to know not is to not care for. I am content if I am like the rest, that no man stops if he sees me, or pauses in his speaking if he he hears my words. Ha ha, stranger! I have been long, I have so long a master, that I would be, I would be master still, or at least none other should be master of me. You come, you come to me not alone as an agent of Peter Hawkins of Exeter, to Tell me about the new my new estate in London. You shall, I trust, rest here with me a while, so that by our talking I may learn English, the English intonation. And uh, and I would I would that you tell me when I make this error, even in the smallest in my speaking. Dude, you've got a whole accent going on, but it's kind of quaint, <laughs> so it's like it's awesome. Want to smoke some pot? <laughs> I'm sorry that I've been a- away so long today, but you will, I know, forgive who uh who has so many important affairs of hand. Of course I said I could. Of course I said all I could about being willing, and asked if I might come into that room when I chose. He answered, Yes, certainly. And added, You may go anywhere you wish in the castle except where the doors are locked, where you will, of course, not wish to go. There is a reason that there are all things as they are, and you did see with my eyes, know with my knowledge, you would perhaps better understand. I said I was sure of this, and then he went on. We are in Transylvania, and Transylvania is not England. Our ways are not your ways, and you shall, uh, and there shall be to you many strange things. Nay, from what you have told me of your experiences already, you know something of what a strange things there may be. This led to much conversation, and, as it was evident that he wanted to talk, if only for talking's sake, I asked him many questions regarding things that had already happened to me or come within my notice. Sometimes he sheared off the subject or turned the conversation by pretending not to understand, but generally he answered all I asked, most frankly. Then, as time went on, and I had got somewhat bolder, I asked him of some of the strange things of the preceding night, as, for instance, why the coachman went to the places went to the places where he had seen the blue flames. He then uh, explained to me that it was commonly believed that on certain nights of the year, last night, in fact, when all evil spirits are supposed to have unchecked sway, a blue flame is seen over any place where treasure has been concealed. Oh, we're that playing treasure- Castlevania! Uh-huh. Has been concealed. Ah, that treasure has been hidden. He went on. In the region through which you came last night, there can be little doubt, for it was the uh, ground fought over for centuries by the Wallachian, the Saxon, and the Turk. Why, there is hardly a foot of soil in all this region that has not been enriched by the blood of men. Yummy dirt. Mmm. <laughs> Patriots or invaders <laughs> in the old way. What? Yummy dirt is delicious. I love yummy yeah. dirt. 
In the old ways, there were stirring things. Then the Australian and Hungarian came up in hordes, and the, and the patriots went out to meet them, and men and women, the aged and the children too, and waited their coming, their coming on the rocks above the pack. Coming on rocks? What? No. Yes, that they might sweep destruction on them with their artificial avalanches. Then the invader was triumphant. He found but little, for whatever there uh, there was hidden sheltered in the friendly soil. But how? Said I. Can I? Can it have remained so long undiscovered? Then there was sure an index of it. Men will take uh, the trouble to look. The count. The count smiled, and his lips ran back over his gums. The long, sharp canine teeth showed out strangely. He answered, "Because your peasant is at heart a coward and a fool." Those flames only appear one night, and in one night no man of this land will, if he can help it, stir without without his doors. And, dear sir, if he did, he would not know what to do. Why, even the peasant that you tell me who would mark the place of the blue flame would not know where to look in daylight even for his own work. Even if you would, even you would not, I dare be sworn a be able to find these places again. There you are right. I said. I know more than the dead, where even to look for them. Then we drifted into other matters. Come! On my face! He said, he said at last. <laughs> Tell me of the London of the house which you have procured for me. With an apology for my remin- uh, remissances, remissness, I went into my own room to get the papers from my bag. Whilst I was placing them in order, I heard a rattling of china and silver in the next room, and as I passed through, noticed that the table had been cleared and the lamp lit, for it was by this time deep into the dark. The lamps, the lamps were also lit in the study or library, and I found the Count lying on the sofa, Pants off. <laughs> Hard as a log. Oh my god! Jesus Christ! Look at those fucking. Those fucking soles of her feet! Jesus Christ! <laughs> I wanna fucking. I wanna gurk off! Excuse me, sir. It's, I believe Lying? it's jerk off. <laughs> no, that's Transylvania. <laughs> it's gurk off! You gurk off all over your. You gurk off all over your cummerbund! <laughs> Reading of all things in the world in English Bradshaw's Guide. When I came in, he cleared the books and papers from the table, and with him I went into the plans and deeds and figures of all sorts. He was interested in everything, and asked me a myriad of questions about the place and its surroundings. He clearly had studied beforehand all he could it's get on the subject myriad. of the that's actually That's actually uh, bad English, probably a bad translation. Whatever. Well, it's not a translation. This, is, this was written Yes, in this English. book is awful. I'm going to burn it now. <laughs> no, it's not. You can't have a myriad of things. It's asked me myriad questions. Mm-hmm. For he evidently, at the end, knew very much more than I did. When I remarked this, he answered, Well, my friend, is it not needful that I should? When I go there, I shall... One cookie! Ah, ah, ah! Stop it! <laughs> when I go there, I shall be alone, and my friend jo- Harker Jonathan, nay, pardon me, I fall into my country's habit of putting your pat- uh, patronymic first. My friend Jonathan Harker will not be by my side to correct and aid me. He will be in Exeter, miles away, probably working at papers and law with my other friend Peter Hawkins. So! We went uh, through uh, uh. into the business of purchase of the estate <coughs> at Perfleet. When I had told him the facts and got his signature to the necessary papers and, and had written a letter with them ready to post to Mr. Hawkins, he began to ask me how I had come across so suitable a place. I read to him the notes which I had made at the time and which I inscribed here. Uh, at Perfleet, on a by-road, I came across such a place as seemed to be required, and where was displayed and dilapidated notice that the place was for sale. It was surrounded by a high wall, of ancient structure, built of heavy stones, like the cover of the Led Zeppelin album, Houses of the Holy. <laughs> it has not been prepared for a large number of years. All the guns... 
The gates were closed and <laughs> heavy oak and iron. Couldn't shoot through those. All eaten with rust. Unless you're rust, you could shoot All eaten with rust. Wait, wait. Yeah. Okay. The estate is called Carfax. No doubt a corruption of an old Cartra, Cartra face. As the house is four-sided, agreeing uh, with the cardinal points of the compass, it contains all, uh, in all some 20 acres, quite surrounded by a solid stone above wall above mentioned. There are men with many trees on it would take in at places gloomy. Uh, <laughs> excuse me, Count. <laughs> Too much tokay. And there is a deep, dark, looming pond or small lake, evidently fed by some springs, as the water is clear and flows in a way of fair-sized stream. The house is very large of all periods black, uh, back, I should say, back. to medieval times, for one part is of stone immensely thick, with only a few windows high up, heavily barred with iron, it, it, to keep the chicks in. <laughs> it looks like a uh, part of a keep, and it's close to an old chapel or church. Ah, oh, I got the hiccups now. Fuck me. Excuse me, hold on, I need to sip. I need to sip soda, which is inevitably going to make it worse. Hurry up and finish your story about the house. I could not enter it, as I had not the key of the door leading from the house. But I have, um, but I have taken with my Kodak views of it various points. The house had been added to, but in a very straggling way, and I can only guess at the amount of ground it covers, which must be very great. There are a, a few houses close at hand, one being a very large house only recently added and formed into a private lunatic asylum. <laughs> it is not, however, visible from the grounds. When I had finished, he said, I am glad that it is old and big, like my dick, you see? <laughs> Romanian dick is usually very big, you see? One penis, ah, ah, ah. Two penis? Oh, 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 three? Three penis? <laughs> I myself am of an old family. <laughs> I myself am of an old family, and we have three penises old. My father was the first to only have one. <laughs> And then my brother, my, my, my grandfather had two. Wait, that doesn't make any sense. But either way. Yeah. And to live in a new house would kill me. A house cannot be made habitable in a day. And after all, a few days ago, I go to make up a century. What? How few days go to make up a century? I rejoice also that there is a chapel of old times. We Transylvanian nobles love not to think that our bones may lie amongst the common dead. I seek not gaiety nor mirth. Uh, not the. I want to keep reading it like this. God damn it! <laughs> not the bright voluptuousness of such such a shrine. Oh, look at the top of those titties. Mm. Of much sunshine. Of much. Sunshine and his sparkling waters, uh, which please my the young and gay. I am no longer young, and my heart, through which weary uh, years of mourning over the dead, is attuned to mirth. Moreover, the walls of my castle are broken. The shadows are many, and the wind breathes cold through the, the broken battlements and casements. I love the shade and the shadow, and would be alone with my thoughts when I may. Somehow his words and his look did not seem to accord, or else it was his cast of face made his smile look malignant and saturnine. <laughs> Presently, with an excuse, he left me. I've got to drain the weasel! <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I was trying to help myself with going like this. And be like, what, Count? I'm sorry. No. These Romanian Doritos are fucking delicious. Please don't eat into the microphone. <laughs> Count being like, what the fuck are you doing? If I spill, Present if I spill these on the floor, you have to count them. No, that's Chinese vampires, motherfucker. <laughs> nah, it's the same everywhere. 
He left me, asking me to put all of my papers together. He was some little time away, and I began to look at some of the books around me. One was an atlas, which I found open naturally at England, as if that map had been much used. On looking at it, I found in certain places little rings marked, and on examining these, I noticed that one was near London on the east side, manifestly where his new estate was situated. The other two were Exeter and Whitby on the Yorkshire coast. It was the better part of an hour when the Count returned. Aha! One book! He said, <laughs> "Still at your books, good. But you must not work. Uh, but you must not work always. Come, I am informed that your supper is ready." He took my arm, and we went into the next room, where I found an excellent supper ready on the table. The Count again excused himself, as he had dined out on his being away from home. But he sat, as on the previous night, and chatted while I ate. After supper I smoked, as on the last evening, and the Count stayed with me, chatting and asking questions on every conceivable subject, hour after hour. I felt that it was getting very late indeed, but I did not say anything, for I felt under obligation to meet my host's wishes in every way. I was not sleepy, as the law long sleep yesterday had fortified me, but I could not help experiencing that chill which comes over one at the coming of the dawn, which is like, in its way, the turn of the tide. They say that people who are near death die generally at, at the change to the dawn, or at the turn of the tide. Anyone who Anyone who has, when tired, and tied, as it were, to his post, experienced this change in the atmosphere can can well believe it. All at once we heard the crow of a cock coming up with <laughs> preternatural shrillness. <laughs> One cock! <laughs> Through the clear morning air, Count Dracula, jumping to his feet, said, Why is there the morning again? How, how remiss I am to let you stay up so long. You must make your conversation regarding my dear new country of England less interesting. So that I may not forget about how time, uh, I've been, <laughs> I may not forget time flies, it just flies here. That's all. These flies. Look, flies. One fly. Actually, that. what are you uh, talking are you about? Done? That's why the count. That's why the count in, in the thing. That's part of the mythos. They count. It's not just because his name <laughs> is the count. It's because vampires have to count shit. It's not, not in European vampires, though. Oh, really? What was that movie yeah, that it, became so cultishly famous? What was the name of it? Let the Right One In. Puzzles and, and counting. Yeah, but by the time you get to modern vampire stories, they're mixing everything together. Well, who gives a fuck? This one was written in the 1800s. That that doesn't no was, vampires. The, the vampire myth came before that. I know that, but the but Eastern influences or Asian influences hadn't affected our view of vampires yet. Okay, where are we? Okay. Where are we at? Are we all right? Uh, and with a courtly bow, he quickly left me. I went into my own room and drew the curtains, but there was little to notice. My windows opened into the courtyard. All I could see was the warm gray of quickening sky. So I pulled the curtains again and had written off this day where are we? we're on 8th may do you want to do you want to stop here and then yeah we may as well because right, hold on. This oh wait no 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 we only have one more starts. we only have one more page after that do you want to just stop there okay yeah let's do this one okay a 8 may <laughs> i began to fear as i wrote in this book that i was getting too diffuse but now i'm glad that i went into detail from the first for there is something so strange about this place and all of all in it that I cannot but feel uneasy. I wish I I wish I were safe out of it, or that I had never come. It may be that this strange night existence is telling on me, but would that were all but uh, but would that were all. If there were any one to talk to, I could bear it, but there is no one. I have only the count to speak with, and he 
I, I was prancing around soul. naked, and he walked by the room. <laughs> the only living soul within the place. Let me be prosaic so far as facts can be. It will help me to bear up, and imagination must not run riot with me. If he does, if it does, I'm lost. Let me say at once how I stand or seem to. I only slept a few hours when I went to bed, and feeling that I could not sleep any more, got up. I had hung my shaving glass by the window and was just beginning to shave. Suddenly I felt a hand on my shoulder and heard the Count's voice saying to Good me, morning! God damn I stabbed him repeatedly. <laughs> I started and it did for nothing, for I am immortal. <laughs> I started for it amazed me that I had not seen him, since the reflection of the glass covered the whole room behind me. In startling, I had cut myself slightly, but I did not notice it at the moment. Having answered the Count's salutation, I turned to the glass again to see how I had been mistaken. This time, there could be no error, for the man was close to me, and I could see, uh, and I could see him over my shoulder, but there was no reflection of him in the mirror. The whole room behind me was displayed, but there was no sign of a man in it except myself. This was startling, and coming on the top of so many strange things was beginning to increase that vague feeling of uneasiness, which I always have when the Count is near. But at the instant I saw that the cut had bled a little, and the blood was trickling over my chin, I laid down the razor, turning as I did so half round to look at, uh, as I did so half round to look for some sticking plaster. When the Count saw my face, his eyes blazed with a sort of demonic fury and suddenly made a grab for my throat. I drew away, and his hand touched the string of beads which held the, the crucifix. It made an instant change in him, for the fury passed so quickly that I could hardly believe that it was ever there. Take care. Uh, okay, he said. And take care of how you cut yourself. It is more dangerous than you think in this country. Then, seizing the shaving glass, he went on. And this is the wretched thing that has done the mischief. It is a foul bauble of man's vanity. Away with it! And, opening the heavy window with one wrench of his terrible hand, he flung out the glass, which was shattered into a thousand pieces on the stones of the courtyard far below. Then he withdrew without a word. It is very annoying, for I do not see how I am to shave, unless in my watch case or the bottom of a shaving pot, which is fortunately of metal. When I went into the dining room, breakfast was prepared, but I could not find the Count anywhere, so I breakfasted alone. It is strange that, as strange as yet, I have not seen the Count eat or drink. He must be a very peculiar man. After breakfast, I did a little exploring in the castle. I went out on the stairs and found a room looking towards the south. The view was magnificent, and from where I stood, there was every opportunity of seeing it. The castle is on the very edge of a terrible precipice. A stone falling from the window could fall a thousand feet without touching anything. As far as the eye can reach is a sea of green, of green treetops, with occasionally with occasionally a deep rift where there is a chasm. Here and there are silver threads where the rivers wind in deep gorges through the forest. But I am not in heart to describe beauty, for when I had seen the view, I explored further. Doors, doors, doors everywhere, all locked and bolted. In no place save the windows and the castle walls is there an available exit. The castle is a veritable prison. You are my and prisoner! I am, and I am am a prisoner. I will not read this anymore if it's going to be Manning. Why? Alright, that's it. Thanks guys for listening once again. Thanks, Eddie, for helping me read. You're welcome. I want him dead. I want him dead. Now, Count I the Revenge dead. of Count Manny DeRusso. <laughs> I hate him. This is not called Manny DeRusso. Bram Stoker's Manny DeRusso. <laughs> no, there's a book. <laughs> For I went over to Manny's house and he invited me to sit there and watch pornography. 
Come on, Jason. Pick he then it up from said, there. "Hey, wouldn't it be funny if we touched our penises together?" Me being a I homosexual, I, I was fine with that. I did not find humor in that at all, but yet he insisted. And then very quickly wrenched his pants off and threw them out the window. Heard them clitter-clatter on the driveway outside. Cackling at the top of his lungs, he said, Ha 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 ha! Look at how big my fat fucking cock is! <laughs> Indeed, his penis was of amazing girth and well veined. And he kept flicking it with the tip of his finger going, Boing! Boing! And seemed misplaced on this skinny weirdo. <laughs> No, it's perfectly placed. Bring me your 16-year-old sister. <laughs> I found my hands uncontrollably moving towards a pair of scissors on his desk. What they were to do, whether it was to saw off his member or jab them into his eye socket, I did not know. But I knew violence was what Trust they were me, I've tried cutting before. it off myself, and it just keeps growing back. Do you want to see my drawer of dicks? Look! <laughs> That's the first one from when I was five. It was shriveled like a hot dog left to dry under an oven. <laughs> a couple of them grow foreskins again. <laughs> okay, we're done. We're done. I, I, I Thanks, saved, everybody. I saved my in a jar. But let me finish. This has been Jason Harding. And this has been Manny DeRoso. <laughs> and this has been Atticus Blake. Thank you. Because if you started doing that, I would start putting Manny DeRusso and Jason Harding's. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. Bye. Are you going to say goodbye? I just did. I said goodbye. Did you? Yes. I, I said it like you. four times. I'll okay. just keep talking like this Bye, if you want. I mean. I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> you realize how many things I've stuck in my butthole? <laughs> I don't care. We're my done. Fist, We're your done. Mom, okay. The neighbor's kid. No. <laughs> no. Three, two, one. The Lemmy Finish Podcast is a Lemmy Listen Podcast production with Atticus Blake and Jason Harding. With music by Kevin McLeod. Produced by Jason Harding. You can find more Lemmy Listen podcasts at our website at www.letmelistenpodcasts.com. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Facebook, and iTunes. Please like and leave a review. And thank you for listening.